You're listening to Kick-Ass Radio for Kick-Ass People, the show where we interview awesome people who have achieved tremendous success in their lives. Our guests will share with you their story and five tips you can implement for living your kick-ass life. Now for our host, Christopher Roush. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's a kick-ass life, and you are here on the Kick-Ass Radio Show, your place for motivation, inspiration, and education. Of course, I'm your host, Christopher Roush. I want to welcome you all to our show tonight. And we are here every Monday night at 6 p.m. bringing you what it takes to have an unstoppable attitude for personal and professional success. And what we do is each week I bring on a guest who's going to share five tips that you can begin using immediately in your life to enhance your personal and professional success. And if you were with me last week, you know <laughs> you know what kick-ass means when, uh, when, when stuff goes wrong. Uh, so I just want to apologize again for you guys out there uh, listening last week. We were supposed to have my guest uh, Marcus Slayton on the sh- on the show last week, and we encountered some technical difficulties. Uh, and I always encourage you guys to go back and listen to the previous shows because we've had uh, we've had some amazing guests on here. Uh, we're on show number 112 as of today. So if you think about the five tips that we put on there for 111 shows, that's a lot of tips. I'm bad at math. Uh, but you can go ahead and, uh, and surmount that there's a lot of tips out there. So I always encourage people to go back and listen to those shows. But last week's show is a testament to how you handle being under pressure because uh, I have a home studio where I broadcast from. And in order to air the show, I have to go through Skype and I also have to log in through my radio show provider, which is Blog Talk Radio. Well, Blog Talk Radio and apparently my internet provider last week were having some uh, technical difficulties, so I was unable to log into my show the traditional way where I see my dashboard with all my callers and everything that's going on. Uh, So I had to broadcast the show from my cell phone, and unfortunately I could never bring on Marcus as my guest because you can't bring on guests from your cell phone, which I did not know. I thought it was pretty cool. You could actually broadcast your show from your cell phone. Uh, so if you go back and listen to that show, you can hear me and all of my inside voices uh, talking about what I'm trying to do to get the show launched. And, you know, what's interesting is, is um, you know, I was thinking about this. When you're under pressure, there's, there's a few things that you can do. Uh, you can do your best. You don't make excuses. Uh, you can be transparent. And uh, you obviously have to laugh about the situation when you're under pressure and what's going on. Um, but the biggest thing is to learn from next time, you know, learn for next time. So uh, over the last week, I have I've uh, I've got a personal Wi-Fi hotspot now. So in case anything happens, I can fire up the Wi-Fi hotspot. And then also, uh, after talking to the fine folks at Blog Talk Radio, I found out that I can actually broadcast. I can go on my website and log in through there and broadcast through my cell phone on my studio. So so what I did was I found out now I've got two other ways, just in case technology fails me next time, uh, how I can handle the situation. So uh, Marcus was a trooper. He was actually texting me uh, his, his uh, tips on my cell phone. So he was uh, he was amazing. We're going to get Marcus back on the on the show most definitely get him live here. So uh just wanted to kind of share that with you. And if you want to go back and listen to those previous shows, just go to christopherrausch.com. It's R A U S C H christopherrausch.com. You go over to the radio show tab. Halfway down there's a link to iTunes or there's actually a player embedded in the website so you can easily go there and see that and listen to those past shows. And I always encourage you even tonight as long as you're not driving in your car, uh, you know, take notes because that's what really kick-ass people do is they take notes and they take action on these tips. And there's not only just five. Me and my guests, we, we're always talking about what it takes to have a kick-ass life. So when you write that stuff down and you take action on it, that's when the real success starts 
happening for you. Uh, so again, I encourage you to go back there and uh, and check that out. And I'm super excited uh, today to have on my show uh, someone I can call a personal friend and uh, an inspirational mentor. Uh, Marianne Amen is a former teacher, prosecuting attorney, financial planner, and she hit a wall in her 50s. And she didn't actually hit a physical wall, but she just hit you know you those life walls. Um, and, and she left the workforce for more than 20 years, and she was homeschooling her kids. Uh, she was counseling for the church, and she was clueless what she wanted to do next. And I don't know if you guys out there are in that situation where you're just kind of stuck in life. Um, so when she was faced with starting all over, she embarked on a terrifying yet exhilarating journey of recreating herself in an entrepreneurial space as a coach and a speaker. And that's how I've met Mary, uh, Marianne, is through that, through the speaking world. Uh, seven years later, Marianne has a dream business and a life doing what she loves, leading frustrated and stressed out high-achieving leaders to create a magnificent life and work by overcoming mindset drama, finding their true purpose, and prospering, prospering without all the sorrow. So without any further hesitation, please welcome to the Kick-Ass Radio Show my friend Marianne Amon. Marianne, are you there? I am, and what a great energy, and thank you for that awesome introduction. You are a dreamboat. Awesome, sweetie. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I, if I was doing any better, I'd be twins, and that's a, that's a, dangerous, <laughs> uh, that's a dangerous proposal. Um, so, yeah, oh, um, uh, what was that? I said, oh, yes, dangerous proposal. I'm not sure that would be the case. Everybody loves <laughs> and, you, Chris. Everybody loves you. And thank you, sweetie. That would be an indecent proposal if I was younger, but now I'm old and I don't care anymore. Uh, so I just uh, I just gave everybody a textbook introduction of you, uh, truth be told. Why don't you go ahead and share your story and what makes you a kick-ass person? Well, uh, first of all, when you say what makes you a kick-ass person makes me think, um, you know how many – that just asking me that question a number of years ago would have made me just freak out. Like, what – what, what business do I have of even saying that about myself? Isn't that proud? Isn't that arrogant? You know, I just felt mm-hmm. like that would be something that um, it would just cause me dead in my tracks. But, you know, I really am a kick-ass person. You I are. know that. And it's awesome to know it and to own it and to feel like there's even more to go, you know. So um, I think the first thing that does make me a kick-ass person is that I know that about myself. And... I don't worry about, you know, being proud or arrogant about it because, you know, everything that I am today is a result of a lot of team effort, a team effort by me and God, me and you, me and the work we've done with our mastermind group, our family, our friends. You know, it's all a, a team effort here. And so I just feel so grateful to be able to walk in my own, um, just my own person, my own um, giftings and talents, and to recognize them and say that I'm more than enough in whatever it is I got to do. And um, so I I would say that's one of the the biggest reasons, and I would just encourage everybody that to get to that place, to strive to get to the place where they can just feel so good about who they are. And that doesn't mean you're perfect, doesn't mean that you don't have room to grow, but in the place that you are, it's, it's plenty good enough and there's more to come. So... Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. And, and and thank you for sharing that because, I mean, that's one of the things we teach here on the radio show is just about having that authentic 
self-confidence. You and I have had lots of conversations about, you know, authenticity and, and being comfortable in our own shoes. And it's a journey. It's, I mean, it's like you said, you, you, you've been through a lot of things and you said, you know, a couple of years ago, 10 years ago, you wouldn't have had the confidence to be able to say, yeah, I'm a kick-ass person. But I think, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, when we go through those tough times, isn't that what shapes us to become that confident person with that authentic personality? I think it can. I don't think it always does with everybody, but I definitely think it can. I think it's a, going through all of that, all the challenges and the obstacles, it's the opportunity to become that person. Um, I, I, As you know, there's a lot of people who um, they get buried under the obstacles and, you know, it's like, why is this happening to me? And um, I, I don't think I can take any more of this. And, and I'm not saying that there aren't some really legitimate um, obstacles that people face in crushing circumstances. But I think you always have to have a dream. You always have to have a reason to get out from under the rubble and to dust yourself off and climb one more set of stairs, you know, and, you know, take those breaks and rest, rest along the way and appreciate where you are and, and what's happened to you. But um, I know that not everybody, and I would even say, Chris, probably you know this too, the majority of people don't, don't go for that. They'll stop. They'll let that stop them. And mm-hmm. so I know one of the things that you want to do is encourage people to not stop, to not give up, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and not to have those, you know, those limiting beliefs. I mean, I wear a wristband that says believe and people ask me like, what do you believe? And I'm like, I believe I'm capable. I believe in people. I believe in responsibility. I believe in having fun. You know, there's all mm-hmm. sorts of things. But I mean, people develop those limiting beliefs based on the conditioning they've had from other people in their lives. And it's sad when you sit there and think about, well, why are you like that? Well, my mom and my dad told me I was stupid and I would never amount to anything. So I proved them right. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I work with a lot of people who do have that background. And um, the difference between them and other people who have that background is that something inside of them has said, I can't accept that. Maybe I've lived my life thinking that. But this, this is the day I have to change it. This is the day I have to write a new script for myself. And mm-hmm. um, other people will just continue to buy the lie, live their life according to the lie, and never challenge it. So for anybody listening... If that is part of your programming, that you aren't enough, that you'll never amount to anything, and that has been told to you, you do have the opportunity to change that. Not going to be easy, but Mm -hmm. it still is the opportunity to change it, and the whole rest of your life can change. Mm. No, that's absolutely so true. Um, You know, Bob Donnell, I I, I believe you know Bob, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, he said he said something really amazing one time. He said, you know, when it becomes acceptable, it becomes inevitable. And I really love that because when you think about, you know, well, when did that become acceptable? If somebody's, you know, overweight or somebody's uh, an alcoholic or somebody's, you know, working at the the Walmart or whatever, it's like, well, when did that become acceptable? And usually when I ask people that, they're like, well, it's not acceptable. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, what? Why are you? Why are you choosing to fulfill that that self fulfilling prophecy of that you can't get out of that, or that that's you know, my dad was an alcoholic and everything else. I mean, what do you what do you say to that when when people say, well, that's just the way it is, Marianne. That's 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 the cards I've been dealt. Well, if they seem really that that's where they are, I just let them be there. It's not my job to change them, you know. Um, but if they ask the question, is there a way for me to change this, then I will engage in the conversation. You know, it sounded like maybe there was a way that maybe you've got a secret or maybe you can help me. Or if, if somebody reaches out and, 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 and wants to change that, then it will change. But for people who just say that's just the way it is, unfortunately that is going to be the way it is. 
Now, I might say to them, would you like to consider another option? Would you like to consider that maybe it could be different? Mm-hmm. And if they will engage in that conversation, then maybe we can go somewhere. But um, if they don't, then I don't try to work too hard in making them change. I think that's their, I honor, I honor actually, their choice to be there. Yeah. You know, everybody's everybody's on their own journey. And it's, yeah. it's interesting you say that because that's that's one thing I've really had to learn in in the course of, of being a professional speaker and a coach and everything professionally. And then also, I just, I've always tried to motivate people and inspire people my whole entire life, is that coming to the realization that, you know, some people are in that particular spot in that moment because it's supposed to teach them something. And as much as I want to jump up and down and bang the drum and say, hey, you can change. Hey, you can have a kick-ass life and do all that stuff. I've had to learn that unless, like you just said, unless somebody says, hey, Chris, what do you think, you know, can I do something? I've learned that I can inspire people to a certain extent, but until they have that 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 pain, until they've hit the bottom, there's really not a lot I can do. I can give them, I can plant seeds, which is what I think about today. I plant seeds, but, uh, you know, I don't know if I can necessarily motivate, you know, somebody to change until they've had that, that pain threshold point. I mean, do you agree? Oh, absolutely. I, in fact, I had a conversation with um, uh, a couple this weekend, and it was a really in, it was it was right on point because they were obviously very discontented with their life, and um, he was in a job that he he essentially hated. He liked the work, but he, there was many aspects of the job he hated. Um, she was talking about how she feels lost and she doesn't have any purpose in her life. You know, now when I hear people talking like that, I immediately you know that thing kicks into you where you want to help them, you want to give them another perspective and maybe show them another way to think about this. And so I made a couple of attempts at it, but it wasn't long before I recognized, um, no, she actually doesn't know what her purpose is, or um, and, and, and basically she feels um, that's where it is, and she doesn't see another option for it being any other way, and basically doesn't want to invest any time, energy, effort, money to make it any different. And his was a whole different thing, reason, and it was the same for him. So people can complain and complain about their lives, um, but then when the question is put to them, um, many times they don't want to invest in the time, the energy, or whatever it takes, because they don't really have a vision either. Mm-hmm. It's not so much that they're happy being there, but there's something that doesn't allow them to have a vision that it could be different. They've thought this way so long it almost seems impossible. You know, I'm sure you've experienced that with people, you know, it just doesn't seem possible. Oh, yeah, it's um, <laughs> and you know what? You know, what hurts the most is when it's people that I really, really care about and love and I find them stuck and I find them with excuses and I find them with, oh, what was me? And it's like. Wow, you know, I don't understand how you don't get the fact that, you know, every day is a new day and what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And, you know, I teach people about the power of the word perhaps because it's like, you know, gee, if you just say the word perhaps, perhaps I could get better if I got a coach. Perhaps I could get smarter if I went to the library. Perhaps if I got up a half hour every day and I read a book, I'd be, you know, it's just like the power of perhaps is amazing and people just get stuck and mired in their own, their own, uh, I call it a sickness in a way, but again, you know, like you had to go through, I mean, I want you to talk about, you said you hit a wall in your fifties. Talk to us about what that was about and how you got through that. Because I have to tell the listeners out there, one thing I love about you, Marianne, is you are transparent. Uh, you've been on a roller coaster of, of a life. You had, you've had your ups and downs and you, and you talk about those things. And I think that's, I think that's crucial because 
as somebody who's coming from a spot now where you're confident and you've got a great business and you're helping people, at least you can speak from experience, which I love. I, I, I love meeting these coaches and it's like, well, what's your story? Well, you know, I don't have any, you know, you don't need to have a bad story to be a great coach. But, you know, when you've been in the, the ditches and you've gone through the stuff that we've gone through, I mean, it kind of makes it a little bit better. But talk to us about hitting that wall and, and what you what you were experiencing and how you got out of that. Sure, I'd love to, And but before I do, I just want to say, um, I hear the title of a book, Power of Perhaps. <laughs> I, will, I I'm love gonna, that. I'm going to write, write that down. I love that, yeah. I mean, just think of all the different scenarios you could paint with that, right? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I've always used, I've used that word for a while, and actually, I wrote, I wrote, I've written a couple of books that I haven't put out yet, but uh, there is actually uh, uh, um, a segment in there that talks about perhaps if you did this, perhaps if I changed my. So yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. The power of perhaps. Yeah, the power of perhaps. You said it out of your mouth. <laughs> so um, okay, so at fifty-eight, right? I was. I. I it wasn't like I had totally. Um, I think it, there had been a few years of me trying to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do next. Um, my youngest was 18. Wait, wait, wait. Let's see. Um, <clears throat> 58, I, what year was that? Uh, oh gosh, I can't even remember. Um, oh, yeah, 2010. 2010. So at that point, you know, my kids were already out of the house. My last one had was gone and he was off. And so I actually tried to figure out what to do with my life when he was probably about 15, so maybe five years prior. And I knew I didn't want to go back to law, and I didn't want to go back to financial planning. Um, I had done a lot of ministering in the church, as you had said earlier. Um, And I didn't think, and I didn't want to do that anymore. Um, I was really burnt out on that whole excursion. And um, when... Um, I got into involved into um, a multi-level marketing kind of business, which I absolutely hated those things. But I found myself in one, enjoying it, and actually doing pretty well with it. But even whenever you go into any kind of business, whatever kind of work you may have done in the past on yourself, self-improvement, or you know, battling demons, overcoming things, doing the deep dive, there seems whatever remaining. Um, Whatever remaining junk is in the background uh, seems to just come slithering and oozing forward when you go to start your own business. It, mm-hmm. it almost challenges everything inside of you. So I wasn't prepared for that. And so I wanted to, I, I had heard somebody speak about writing a book, and this is before Craig, but I had heard about somebody writing, a, leaving your legacy, and I knew I had a story to tell. So I paid all this money to get coaching, to help me write a book, and really what it was was write a book so you could advance this business, and a business that I didn't even have. And I didn't even know what I, what kind of business I had and what I could do. And then the book writing process was like, well, who would want to listen to me? So there was one wall after another as I started to think about myself in this bigger way with a book, and I shut down. Um, I couldn't do it. I felt like I was going to be judged and criticized. I had this perfectionism also that if I make mistakes, then um, I'm not safe. I'm not safe to make mistakes. I'm not safe to have people uh, score me, poke fun of me, write about me in Google or Amazon or whatever it is. I didn't think I could take it. On top of it, um, I had no platform and I had no uh, place to speak. 
So all the things that they say you need to do to market yourself, um, I didn't have any of those things. And even the idea of marketing myself, um, I don't know if you can identify with this, but there's a lot of us that come from a, um, a church background that well, thinking about marketing yourself means thinking about bragging on yourself, thinking you're going to go around and telling everybody how wonderful you are. Even putting your face on a business card was mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, like I'm telling the world, look at me, look at me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I can relate. Right? And I was I, that was like, oh, my gosh, I, what? I can't do that. And then having your picture plastered all over, you know, the, the Internet and on a website, and you're going to be talking all about how great you are and all your skills and talents, and, you know, it just, it just triggered me. And so I had the hardest time getting anything done. So after a couple of years, I just quit it all. I couldn't do it. So that ended probably about 2009. In 2008, 10, when I told you when I'm uh, 58 years old now, by that point, I'm like um, – I'm feeling a little bit better about myself. I, I, you, you know, I've talked a lot about my journey of favor with God and how I believe God has favor for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so I was getting my share of that, and I was really basking in that. And it was really making me feel a whole lot better of myself at a really deep level. And I started walking forward in that, and then I wrote a book about the favor of God. And just writing about the favor of God made me, made me feel better. And then speaking about it made me feel better. And I found that it was transforming lives. So that was kind of like the beginning of me coming out of my shell. And I found, too, that when I spoke on stage, something, was, something miraculous happened. I wasn't scared. I wasn't stumbling over my words. I, all I thought about was how I was there to encourage, to empower, to inspire I didn't have the focus on myself, and I, it, that transformed me. So getting the focus off yourself and knowing why you're here, knowing you're great, and having that all be settled for you allows you to focus on others. So the walls that I hit were really internal walls. They weren't any walls, and like you said, they weren't physical walls, but I felt sometimes like my forehead was bloodied because I kept hitting the same ones. Mm-hmm. But I have to tell you, my relationship with God, and you and I have talked about this a number of times, but my relationship with God, feeling his favor, and then feeling it out in the world, um, it was very transformational for me and gave me the courage and the power to do what we do. And you know, being in business and entrepreneur, it's tough. This Mm -hmm. This is not an easy path. But if you want the freedom, the flexibility, the lim- the unlimited finances you can make, how to change the world, there's really no better way to do it than through an entrepreneurial endeavor, right? Right. No, nope. I mean, that, that seems to be the key uh, in a lot of different situations. I've got friends of mine who are very, very successful entrepreneurs, and I've got friends of mine who have tried to be an entrepreneur and went back to the day job and said, screw it, I want my health benefits, I want everybody else to deal with all these problems and all these issues. And I'm kind of, I'm still in the middle. I've still got my day job where I'm, you know, director of operations and I'm still doing speaking and coaching and radio shows and all that other stuff. But one of the things that I want you to share, Marianne, which I find amazing and that I, that I resonate with is that you didn't start off always being 
in favor with God and having that relationship with God. You know, you and I have had conversations about that. So talk to us about that that journey in and of itself. And I just want to remind everybody out there listening, in case you're just joining us, we are on the Kick-Ass Radio Show. My guest tonight is Marianne Amon, and we are talking about uh, being successful, finding our true purpose, and just resonating in, in what we do and the reasons why we do it. So share with us a little bit about that, Marianne. Sure. Um, well, um, growing up, I was actually a very, very strong, devout Catholic. Um, I was one of those few kids, who, uh, one of those few children that actually loved going to church. In fact, I begged my parents to drop me off at church. They didn't go to church, but I wanted to go, and I would take all my siblings with me. So that was then. When I got to college... Um, and, and here's another thing, too, that was really instrumental for my life. I discovered when I was 18 years old that when I was a baby, I had a fatal infantile disease called letterer series disease. And um, it was very rare. And at the time, there was only one known child that had made it through childhood uh, still alive with it. So my family was um, extremely scared that uh, they were going to lose me, they gave me an 18-month death sentence. Wow. When I got, I didn't to, know that part. Yeah, um, I, it's true. I, I I didn't find out either until I was 18. Wow. Um, and through some miracle, I survived. Um, I was poked and prodded by uh, the Uni- University of Rochester Medical School, and... Um, I have often wished I could have gotten those um, those papers, but I don't know where they are and haven't really pursued looking for them, but that's what my parents told me anyway. And there was um, no evidence of it after that. And so that was the end of that. Well, I had no idea. I did wonder why I kept having to go to the hospital so many times when I was, um, you know, seven, eight years old, and partly it was just the continued checkups. But nothing ever came back, so it was great. Well, when I was 18 years old and I found this out, I had this just awesome experience with God, and I just felt so at peace and chosen. And that I, it was the first time I ever thought there's something, there's something special about my life. There's something I'm, I'm supposed to do. And that was that. Well, one year later in college, I met this guy who later became my husband, and the two of us really started having this religious conversation. And, and you know how you were asked, um, so what do you believe, Chris? What do you believe? Well, he asked me the same question. That One night we're out drinking at a keg at a dance, and he said, so what do you believe? And I said, I believe in Jesus Christ. And he goes, really now? How is that possible? <laughs> and then he gave me all these reasons why that was a hoax and it was just control and it was stupid and he made so much sense to me and together we pronounced our denouncement of church and religion and God and we proclaimed it was absolute hoax and so um, I became a full-fledged atheist and I felt like the shackles had just fallen off me. I felt so free as an atheist and I just was uh, my life didn't turn to crap. I didn't have uh, everything, you know, boils all over me. I wasn't struck by lightning. Uh, nothing like that happened. And indeed, um, my life actually soared. I had, I didn't realize it then, but God has favor even on atheists because I had so much favor. 
I had doors open, jobs given to me when there was a glut in the marketplace. I had the best job coming out of law school. There were so many things that just fell into my lap, you know. And it's not like I didn't work for things. I did. But um, I just I, I felt like there was just this uh, golden bubble around me. And, of course, I thought it was all me and, and nothing to do with God. <laughs> believe in God. But then when I was a prosecuting attorney um, and I was faced just day in and day out, uh, just the dregs of uh, the, the worst of human condition and what people do to each other, um, it was such a wake-up call for me. There was any Pollyanna I had inside me just died. And I lost my, um, you know, my swing and um, my lighthearted attitude and life became extremely serious. And I felt a lot of responsibility um, having to make decisions about what we're going to do with these people who are accused with various kinds of crimes and so forth. And um, it isn't like I I watch some TV programs where you see some of these prosecuting attorney women and how they they just seem to have to put aside so much of their heart and femininity for what the job requires. And so I did that, and um, it was killing me inside. So eventually I um, started feeling like I I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know. And I saw a lot of corruption, too. I saw abuse in my position. People, I was in a very high-level position in the government, and I saw a lot of abuse. And all of it just seemed very confusing to me, and I didn't know what to make of it, and I didn't know how to deal with it. So one day I went home to... Uh, Rochester, I was living in Connecticut at the time. I drove home to Rochester for Thanksgiving, and I was lying on the couch just feeling so um, lost. And uh, my sister, who had become a Christian, started reading the Bible to me. And as she read to me, I'm just burning up with anger. And I just wanted to smack her. I kept thinking, (laughs) doesn't she know I'm an atheist? Doesn't she know that as she's reading this to me, it's like fire in my soul? And I just... I was really getting enraged, and um, but I always felt like she needed extra support more than most people. So I felt guilty in criticizing what she was doing. I wanted to be supportive, but she was really bugging me. So um, eventually uh, she said, because I was getting so mad, she just said, okay, I'll stop reading to you um, if you promise to go to church with me. And I'm like, does she not know that God is the last thing on my mind right now? <laughs> right. Honestly, there was no, I couldn't see any connection between God and my issues, none whatsoever. And um, But to get her off my back um, and get her away from me, I went to church the next morning with her husband. And when I walked into that place, it was it's so cliche, it's almost like embarrassing to talk about. But I walked into a church, and I felt just the moment I walked in there like there were angels. And I didn't believe in them either, but I felt like there were angels. And then people started singing these praise and worship songs without any hymnals and without any words written anywhere. They were just singing them. I actually literally felt like I was being lifted by an angelic force. Um, And then there was a point at which um, the pastor was talking about how Man has put all of his faith and trust in money, in education, in status, in power, and all of a sudden it was like, bingo. 
that's exactly what had happened to me. At that moment, and he, he had us take out a coin, and in the coin it said, on the coin, in God we trust. And as soon as I read those words, God became extremely relevant to me, and I had this cataclysmic emotional spiritual encounter where I felt like my body got filled up with light and energy and fullness and and air and swishing. It was like an electrical storm combined with a hurricane and a tornado. It was just amazing. So after that, that, that's how it happened. I know that it's not as dramatic as it is for most people, but I know because I was so staunchly not a believer that I had to have something really cataclysmic happen or I wouldn't have believed. That's the story, and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that because I know that, I mean, we tend not to talk about spirituality too much on the Kick-Ass Radio Show, but I think it's important that, you know, when, when conversations like this come up, that it's in, to give people different opportunities to think about, okay, you know, is that right for me now or is is what I'm believing in now working for me or is what I'm not believing in now not working for me? So I think that's really cool that you got to a point in your life where you said, hey, you know what, I'm open to this and this is going to, I think this is what I need and this is what's going to fill me up. And like you said, you know, we get caught up in the in the whole status and and what we are and what we're doing and how people are going to like us and not like us and you know we're trying we're trying to get the better job so we can prove to our, our worthiness to everybody and you know there's there's some comfort in in being able just to sit back and go you know what I'm okay the way I am and if you like me come along for the ride and if I'm not for you go find somebody else and I had that same situation I wasn't really around Christianity or any particular religion it just became one day where I said you know what I'm just going to be me. And I know that God loves me. I know the spiritual higher power, whatever it might be out there, loves me. And I, otherwise, I wouldn't be here. And it's okay just to be me. And if I, instead of trying to, you know, impress everybody else, it was just, it was just there was a there was a comfort in knowing that. So that's why I wanted you to share that because I think it's important, just in case other people are, um, you know, frustrated out there or lost, you know, it's it's worth checking out. And every once in a while I go to church and, you know, somebody will say, well, come check out my church, Chris. And, you know, I'm still open to it and everything. And, and it's, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason. Um, so thank you for sharing that. But uh, one of the reasons you're here on the Kick-Ass Radio Show is to share some tips with our listeners. So listeners, if you guys aren't driving and you're you're able to write down some, some awesome words of advice for my friend Marianne, I encourage you to do so. So Marianne, give us kick-ass tip number one, my dear. All righty. And you know what? I, I was thinking about your five kick-ass tips, and you have this every radio show. Are you making a book out of this? This is great stuff. As a matter of fact, our friend Susan Wurzelbacher, Susan W., um, when I came up with the idea, this is funny because we we're uh, for transparency purposes for you guys out there, Marianne and I were in the same uh, mastermind group for a number of years, so we got to know each other really well. And there was a point where somebody was talking about doing, you know, your dreams and everything. And I said, well, my dream would be to have a radio show, you know, spin music because I love music and everything. And they're like, well, you can do it now. There's the internet radio and da 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 da. So I'd made a, a pledge, you know, sitting there in the bar where we usually sat. Um, and I said, okay, I'm going to do this radio show. And um, I think I'm going to call it the kick-ass radio show because everything was kick-ass and then susan actually said you know what you can do is if you have people give tips on there is you write down all the tips and then after you have so many then you create a book and then you highlight the authors and it becomes a collaborative and and all sorts of stuff so yes in, in answer to your question i just have to pull the trigger because now i've got 111 shows times five tips so i'm guessing that's like 555 tips if i'm doing math maybe right 
So there, yeah, oh, there's a lot of tips. That'd be a huge book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's well, awesome. Some of the tips aren't so great. I'm well. I'm. Yeah, I've had some interesting guests. I've had some great guests. Um, so now, <laughs> now it's point. your turn to share share your uh, first kick-ass tip with the listeners. All right. Well, my first kick-ass tip is this, and you and I have already mentioned this already. But know who you are and why you are here in this world, on this planet, at this time. You know, you could have been born at any other time of history, in any other place in history, but now. At this time, during this generation, why? So, um, do you want me to expand on these, or do you just want me to give them? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to say. I mean, you know, in in some situations, I'm sure you've encountered people don't know why they're here, or don't know what their purpose and their passion is. And so, uh, if you'd share with them, if they're lost and they don't know who they are or why they're here, what recommendations would you give them? Well, I think that, um, I mean, there are so many resources out there, Chris, of, of people offering programs and e-books and books. Um, it doesn't really matter which one you choose. Pick a book up. Do some exercises. Just get started in the process. Um, I personally like to take people through a process of um, using, I use this great big bubble charts. You know, I get a great big piece of paper. I put it on the wall, and we really start looking at, you know, let's just, Let's just start brainstorming who you are. Start even with that. And once you start brainstorming where a person, who they are, their gifts, their talents, their passions, their perspective, their skills, their experiences, and you put all that on a piece of paper, and a big one, obviously, <laughs> and you look at all of that, you know, the you starts to emerge. This personality, what do you like to do, your preferences, you know, just Start brainstorming all of that and stand back and look at it because your purpose is very clearly tied to who you are, your identity. is clearly tied to your personality, your preferences, what you're good at. Everything that you've done in the past, good, bad, or ugly, leads to this moment, and it's part and parcel of your purpose. So you can't really know your purpose until you know you who you are, who God made you to be. And so that's one thing I do with people, but there's all kinds of methods. And, um, you know, what do you do to help people to do that? Because I know that you do that kind of work too. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's um, I love how you talk about that, you know, putting it all on one piece of paper, because I think some people, you know, it goes back to that vanity thing we were talking about earlier. People will be like, well, you know, gee shucks, I don't want to say how great I am at, you know, baking or how great I am at, you know, sewing or whatever it might be. Um, and, and it's interesting. Some people that I've worked with are like, well, you know, I kind of do this okay. And then you find out they're freaking expert and it's like, uh, it's okay to be, you know, like we're talking about confident uh, as opposed to being arrogant. Um, one of the things that I do, my biggest thing, is, is just teaching people, okay, what is, what is your legacy? And you and I have had these conversations. It's like, what is your legacy? What do you, at the end of the day, when you are going to transition to the next journey, whatever it might be, what do you want to be remembered for? And, mm -hmm. and, and my big thing is, is that I sat down in 2008, I came back from a funeral, and I thought, okay, if I died tomorrow, who would come to my funeral and what would they say about Christopher Rausch? And at that point, uh, I was in my mid-30s, and I was responsible. I already graduated with a master's degree, and but I was still Mr. Party Animal. I was Mr. Sarcasm. I was Mr. Rebel. You know, I was learning. I was getting better, but I was still known for that pretty, pretty heavily, being a flirt and all this other stuff. And I thought, do I really want to be remembered for that? 
And I went home and I took a pen and paper out and I just wrote my eulogy. And by the time I got done with it, the gist of it was that I will have fought for what was right and what was fair. I will have risked for which that mattered and I will have left the earth a better place for who I was and what I did. And at that point, I realized, okay, I was trying to pursue music and doing all that stuff. And I suck at music. I love music, but I suck at it. And I thought, I want to go out and inspire people. If I can go from being a seventh-grade homeless dropout living in the backseat of a station wagon to where I'm at now, I can go out and help people. And from that point, I just I said, okay, my gift is truly understanding people, knowing people, and being able to communicate in such a way that you know it triggers something in their brain that says, holy shit, I gotta I gotta get on with my life. I gotta make something of it now because the time is going by. And that's that's uh, that's how I help people. It's just. And, and, and one of the questions I had for you back back to what you were saying, Marianne, is, you know, how do we overcome some of that conditioning? You know, I've, I've dealt with people in their 50s and 60s, and they're still hanging on to that crap that their teachers told them, that their parents told them, that their, you know, friends had told them are still telling them. How do you how do you help? What do you recommend to people to undo that stuff? I mean, aside from traditional psychiatric therapy and all that other stuff, but do you have some recommendations for people to let that stuff go? Well, first of all, you know, it, it is becoming aware that it, it's something that is lodged and embedded. And, you know, sometimes those things are sub- subconscious. You don't realize they're ruling you. So becoming aware of them and is the first step, really, to, to changing it. And um, then I really have to say to people, I have to bring them to the point of them seeing and making a choice. Is this a truth or is this a lie? And though... It may have all this evidence to support it because people can look back over the years and they can see all the ways in which that thing, you know, that you're, that everything you do um, uh, turns to crap, all right? Everything you do, that can be something a, a parent said, and then they can look back over their whole life and say, oh, yeah, I, there it is there, and there it is there, and there it is there. It, it must be true. And if they don't ever want to get over it like we've talked before, then that will continue to rule their life. But if they want to challenge that, you know, and that's why, again, where God comes into the picture for me, and I say to that person, um, is that really your destiny, that everything you touch turns to crap? Is that really the person? Is that really the truth? Is that really how God made you? Mm-hmm. And so we 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 have to take time to challenge that thing and make a decision about it. And that's the first step, really, is to make a decision about it. Decide if it's true or if it's false. Hopefully they see, at least at some level, it's false. It's not true. So that means they've been living their life as a lie. But tomorrow doesn't have to be that way. And the next day doesn't have to be that way. Mm -hmm. That was so true. Now. Yep. Yeah. When you wake up, that's why I tell everybody when you wake up, it's like, you know, without, again, being religious, it's like it's a it's an awakening. You get to wake up. you got a brand new day. What are you going to do with yep. it? It's your choice is what you focus on. Um, you know, that's what I, I, I teach people. It's like, you know, it, you get a you get one day pity party and then you wake up the next day and you say, OK, am I going to be part of the solution or am I going to be part of the problem? And, you know, we're talking about words. The words always and never are so toxic in yeah. what we say to ourselves and what we say to other people, most of the time, if you say something to somebody like you always do this or you never do that, chances are it's not always and never. I mean, it's like they, people want to blow it out of proportion, but what it does to our to our self-esteem is like, oh, you're right. I guess every time I do it and then we start believing in it and then we don't want to do anything because we don't want to disappoint anybody. And it becomes this vicious cycle until one day, like you said, become aware 
become aware of what you're doing to yourself. Become aware of, of how you're living your life or existing in your life. It's it's tremendous. Um, yeah, well, it, it, I mean, a great... It, hmm? Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I was going to say go ahead. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, well, becoming aware is is, is um, a huge step, of course, you know, and then once you do, and then once you make the decision, it doesn't mean that just because you made the decision that it automatically changes. So the whole process of changing embedded, deeply embedded thought patterns, you know, does take a lot of intention. Uh, it takes focus and attention and commitment. And that's why you need people like us. You need coaches to help you to see that because um, you don't even notice half the time of when it's operating. So mm-hmm. if somebody can gently, well, maybe gently for me, uh, you, you might do it with a little <laughs> bit more fervor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but either way, you need somebody on your side who can see those blind spots, somebody who can help you to know that as you're moving forward in the process of shedding that and replacing that embedded belief, that false belief, that lie with the truth, you know, that somebody that can help you to see when there's an opportunity to make that change and just being persistent about it and being patient, being very patient with yourself and and just trusting that after a certain period of time, it is going to change. You're going to start to see the world differently. And you might even see it differently right away, but see it differently on a consistent level. That's what you want to go for. Yeah, I mean, that's that's so true. And I, I appreciate you saying that because it's some people sit there and think, well, you know, I stuck with it for two weeks and nothing changed and phooey. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it took you 34 years to get to this spot or whatever, you know, the person's yeah. age might be. You got to give it a little bit more time to unravel all the crap that you've you've sewn up inside your your your, your issues. So I think that's mm-hmm. important that people give themselves, you know, a little bit of time and say, hey, you know what, this is not going to be a, an overnight success, but you know what, every single day I'm going to try to do at least one thing and have that compound principle. You know, you start doing one thing, you get some self-confidence. You do another thing, you get more self-confidence. Well, oh, if I could do that, then I can probably do this. And it's like the world is, you know, your oyster literally is to what you can accomplish. I mean, there's no excuse. I mean, there's the Internet, there's Google, YouTube, there's this thing called a library. I mean, there's so many resources out there. It just bugs the crap out of me when people say, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't have any money. I don't have any time. <laughs> it's like shut up with the excuses. There's no reason why you can't achieve what you want to do without any money money it just takes some effort but again it goes back to that pain threshold where people have to get and i get that i mean i know it for myself as well so give us kick-ass tip number two my dear honor your dreams and deepest desires a lot of times i think people think that their dreams and their desires are frivolous they're they're just um they might even be greedy or they don't even know what they are but God has given us dreams and desires at very deep levels, and they're meant to be fulfilled and honored. So that would be my second tip. So what you're saying, if I'm understanding you correctly, is that I should go pursue Kate Upton. No, your wife, there are certain dreams that should not be pursued. Sorry to give you that impression. (laughs) Marianne said I should go find Kate Upton. <laughs> yeah, my wife. There are good this. dreams and there are bad dreams. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you guys have this, but we have, you know, who, you know, the, the, the whole thing that goes, I think it goes back to friends or something like that. You know, who's on your top five list and celebrities and and all that stuff. So I know that my wife has got. Uh, I always say, I joke about his name, Channing Tatum. I always call him Tatum Chain. 
but uh, Channing Tatum, and uh, she has a few guys on her list, Matthew McConaughey, and she knows that I've got Kate Upton and a couple others. But, uh, um, you know, it's so true. It's, it, it, it's, it's amazing. I saw, I saw a video this morning posted by a, a friend of mine, and he posted his friend's video, and it really hit me because I tell people, you know, it, all this stuff that we complain about, you know, oh, who's going to become president or, geez, you know, what's going on with the oil prices – Means crap if your health is if your health is jeopardized. And I just saw a video this morning. Um, normally I wouldn't even watch it, but something drew me to the guy's face. And he was sitting in a hospital bed, and he says, "Hey guys, I just want to let you know. Here's what's going on. In case you're wondering, um, I had some situations going on. The doctors didn't know what it was, but I had a, a chest flare up again Friday night. So my wife and I came to the hospital to the emergency room." And um, they believe that I have a mass in my – well, we did a CT scan. I have a mass in my chest, and they believe it's lymphoma. And I don't even know this guy from nobody. And I've, mm. I, all, I, all of a sudden I have feelings for this guy. He's sitting in a hospital bed. He says, I haven't left the hospital. They're going to do a biopsy tomorrow. Uh, they're preparing me for the – I mean, he looks my age or younger, so he's you know in his late 30s or 40s. Uh, and it's just like, wow, you know, what was that guy complaining about or what was going on in his life? And now he is sitting here faced with, I don't know if he has kids or not, but it just, you know, it just amazes me that people let so much of their healthy life go by bitching and complaining. And instead of, like you said, following their dreams and their desires, because there's only, we only get one shot at this life as far as I know. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that, I think that, I think that's tremendous. And one of the questions I have for you, Marianne, is how important is it to have, we talked about people and, and negative people in our past, but how important is it to have the right people in our group to make those dreams and desires come true? Well, you know the answer to that, you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's critical. Um, you know, um, I don't believe that we're supposed to just, uh, just cut off everybody that, is not supportive of us or speaks death into our lives, you know, because there are a lot of people that do that kind of thing and they poo-poo you and your dreams and your desires and, you know, think you're some fool and idiot. Um, but um, I do think you need to um, you need to restrict some of the time you spend with them and you need a, an overabundance of other people. And when I first started it, part of the wall that I was hitting was, I, I except for my husband, I didn't feel that I had a support system. I didn't feel I had a body of people around me who really believed in me. In fact, I had a lot of people around me, in my perception anyway, and I think some of it was skewed, but some of it was true, but in my perception was there's a lot of people that don't want to see me succeed, they don't want to see me rise up, and they were threatened by me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know they were threatened by me. I just took it that they were... Um, they um, thought I was too ambitious, uh, thought I was too something or another. I was always too something, you know, ever be too something. <laughs> too awesome, I think. Too something. <laughs> yeah, that was not the word I think that they had for me. But um, <laughs> I, I just felt like um, uh, lost and lonely. But I had this thing inside of me that still needed to get done. And, and I always say, you know, your why has to be wig bigger than your where. <laughs> your why is bigger than your why, you know? Ooh, I and I, I felt like the why inside of me, though I couldn't really define it, was so big that whatever obstacles I was facing, I had to keep moving forward. And part of the obstacles was the perception of people around me. I, I was a big people pleaser. 
I didn't like anybody not liking me. I didn't like anybody thinking bad things about me. And it hurt me deeply when um, people criticized me. So I had to find a community of people that supported me, that believed in me. And as you know, we've been in the same mastermind together for, I've been in that group for five years. And if I hadn't had that group along the way to, particularly with Craig, to hold me up and to see things I couldn't see. I think we need Mm -hmm. people around us who can see things about us that we can't even see ourselves and call forth those things and speak into those things about us and, and, and help us in that way, you know? Yep. So it's very important to have people around you. But those people around you that support you give you then the strength and energy to deal with the people who don't. And hopefully mm-hmm. the balance is way in the favor of those who do. Or at least well, work the, toward that. you got to work yeah. toward that. It's it's so it's so true. I mean, the the power of the people that you're around. You know, I I tell people Stephen Covey says you're like the five people you're around the most. So if you're sitting there and I ask people this, it's like so describe to me without telling them that first. I'm like describe to me the people that you're around the most. You know, name off the five people you hang around with, and and sure enough, most of the time, not all the time, most of the time, it's like well, I hang around Jimmy, Jimmy, and me. We uh we watch football all day Sunday, and you know just it goes on and on, and it's kind of interesting. But you've You've created your own network now, and you've created your events. So talk to me about you know how you help people. Your 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 branding is magnificent. It's creating your magnificent life. Talk to us about your events and what you do, and how you help people transform their from their from their wan to their to their awesomeness. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, first of all, I, I I have an event in um, Coronado Bay. In fact, I'm having one June 12th through the 14th. And I have the event at a luxury resort, and partly it's because I do believe there's something very energetic about being in a location that is peaceful, that is, for me, it's around water. Um, There's something in just my nature that um, just gets soothed and feels centered when I am surrounded by water. So I happen Mm -hmm. to find this location and so the meeting room is right smack dab on the water, and at any moment you can just look out, and there it is, peaceful, calm, sailboat goes by. And I just feel like when you put yourself in environments that are different than what you're used to and you have a little bit of luxury to it and a little bit of elegance to it, there's a certain um, you know, leveling up that occurs just in that alone. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is, is that I always try to create a really safe space. Um, an environment where people feel very accepted, very loved, very cared for, no matter, you know, what they've been through, who they are, and um, where everybody honors and respects one another. So cause there's a lot of deep diving work that we do in the weekend, and it's very important to me that the space is a, a space that's trustworthy, um, that people can be vulnerable, because you can't be vulnerable. I mean, you can't do work, you know, the deep stuff unless you feel safe to be vulnerable. So that's mm-hmm. a very key component there. So the magnificence really comes to, and I, I help people to just just to ponder the word, you know. Um, the word magnificence to me is masterful and splendid and lavish and noble. You know, I love the word noble. Um, you know, nobility is about, there's a, there is a feeling of royalty and aristocracy to it, but true nobility is in service to um, those that 
um, need your help. There are those that um, uh, need a, a hand up and a hand out, you know. Um, there's something knighted about it and, and regal, and, and not in the sense of lording over people, but using the gifts and assets that you have, the value that you have, and sharing it and helping lift others with it. So that's cool. And um, uh, the other thing is just the synergistic effect between people. They all get along. They pour into each other. And um, so you just um, it just has to be... Um, Oh, and there's one other thing I think that is really crucial, and that is we have these uh, strategy sessions, groups of four breakouts, where people, whatever challenges they're having, then they break off with other people, and those four people give into and pour into each other, listen and share and give feedback. So those are the ways, and it just ends up being a very transforming weekend where people feel a sense of abundance, which then they can strategize for their goals and the path that is set before them, and and what they're going to commit to for the rest of the year. So, that's it. And I and I can I can vouch for you guys out there in Radio Land. I can vouch for Marianne's work. I've attended her breakout sessions. Uh, she has some wonderful exercises that help you get in touch. Uh, like we were talking about thinking with the end in mind. Uh, she's got an excellent uh, exercise for doing that. And I've heard from other people who have been to to your event, Marianne, that it's life changing, attitude changing. Uh, it's 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 comforting. It's it's uh, like you said, it's it's a it's a great environment. You create that environment for people to feel comfortable because, like you said, unless you're ready to feel vulnerable and and let go of some of those things and, and address some of those things and pick them out of the closet, we're not going to get better. And so I think that I think that's valuable. So um, what are the dates again? June twelfth through the fourteenth. So June Mm -hmm. 12th through the 14th. And if they wanted to find out more information about that, where would they go? They would go to midyearrefresh.com. Midyearrefresh.com. And I have a a code. It's uh, the the letter B and the letter C. B is in boy. C is in camp. And if they use that, they can get a 50% off the price there. Wow. So the code is BC, just mm-hmm. BC, and that's a 50% off. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's midyearrefresh.com. Yeah, it's, it's, um, mid, yeah com. And, um, you know, usually this is the first time I've actually done it in June. I usually do it in January, as you know. And um, I, it was a little nerve-wracking for me to, to, to do something different like this. But what I was finding was that, you know, we start off the beginning of the year just full of vim and vigor. We're ready to conquer the world. We got our goals in our hand and, our you know, our strategies and our plans and everything, and, and we're all, like, ready to go. And then by the time you get to, like, March, it's kind of not so much. By the time you get to June, you kinda, you're almost like, what am I doing again? You're totally mm-hmm. defocused. So this is an event in June to help you just get focused again. And um, remember why you're doing all this. Get in touch again. Get connected again with, with who you are and, and, and what you're supposed to be doing and making your plans and just getting that extra charge so you can have the balance of the, of the year be very um, purposeful and intentional yes. focused, directed. Yeah. Mm, and that, and, that, and that, again, you guys, you got to check it out. Uh, for those of you guys who are driving, 
All of this information will be available on the website, thekickassradioshow.com. Uh, we'll make sure it's up there so you can get in touch with Marianne and take advantage of this amazing opportunity. Uh, for those of you guys listening live, we're going to go into a bonus section here. So uh, I apologize. You guys are going to uh, not hear the radio show anymore, but I encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast. And make sure you write down your notes and your information. Marianne's going to share the remaining three tips here on the Kick-Ass Radio Show. Uh, so just wanted to point that out. Uh, so Marianne, uh, give us kick-ass tip number three. Well, you know, I've already talked a lot about this already, so I'll make it really quick. Seek God about the path to peace, power, and prosperity. I think God has peace, power, and prosperity for each one of us, and he holds strategies and resources and, um, you know, whatever it is we need to accomplish that. So that is, that's to me, the core of where I am and where I go, you know. So seek God about the path to peace, power, and prosperity. And um, did you want to say anything about this? Should I go on to number four? Well, what, what I was going to say about that is is for people, I mean, me sharing my own journey, I've told people that I'm not a particularly, quote-unquote, religious person, um, but I told people that I've learned more about spirituality, and I've learned through um, the Dalai Lama, and uh, I'm trying to think of the dang word. I'm just having a brain fart right now. Um, <laughs> what's uh, what's the Dalai Lama? It's um, What is that called? <laughs> um I'm, I'm drawing a total blank. It's a spirituality. It's a spirituality belief. It's uh, Jiminy Christmas. Buddha, um, Buddhism. Buddhism. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I was turned on to that by a friend of mine. I've always thought Buddhism, like, okay, that's people, you know, chanting and wearing robes and stuff like that. But the, the core of it is that it's about life is about karma and it's about what you put out there is what you're going to get back. And I found, you know, to help my other friends out there, you know, stuck in between religions and, and quandaries and stuff like that is if you just if you just believe in yourself and you just trust in yourself and you seek out people who are can be spiritual advisors or, you know, professional advisors, um, you know, those are those are great avenues because sometimes we try to do things by ourselves. I was guilty of that. I was a lone wolf. I was like, I'm going to do my own brochures. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure that out. I'm going to do it all because I have to prove to the world that I am able to do it. And, you know, whether we're seeking out God or we're seeking out a trusted mentor or a coach, you know, I think that's so important because until I surrounded myself with people who are brighter and smarter than I was, you know, my, my path was going along. But when you got around people that, that cared about you and had skin in the game with you, that's when, when things really uh, start to take off. So whether it's God or a professional person, that's just what I wanted to say about that because um, some people do uh, have different kind of beliefs, and I think it's it's important. And, you know, to keep yourself open, you know, to new opportunities, I do at least. Um, and I think that's what being kick-ass is about is just like saying, okay, you know what, maybe it wasn't for me 10 years ago, but maybe it's for me now and, you know, and listening to yourself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, very wise. Yep, good words, good words. <laughs> I like, I do love how you, um, I love how you honor and embrace all all people from all kinds of faiths, you know, and I know you and I have had this conversation, and I just always appreciated your inquisitive, curious nature rather than, you know, when some people want to talk to you about God, you know, it's almost like you feel like you're getting set up to be backed up into a corner, and right. um, yeah, you never do that, and I just, I, I love that about you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just, I just, I, my mom was a very negative and, you know, my opinion is the only thing in the world. And I learned that that's not a healthy way to live. You know, it's, it's, it's all about, Hey, whatever works for you. Um, you know, I tell one of the things I tell the kids that I speak to is I tell them like, you know, look around the room, 
invariably we got all sorts of colors and sizes and i said you know you guys you guys i don't care whether you're gay straight uh republican democrat short fat skinny bald you know yellow purple green brown whatever the hell you are we're all the same on the inside and mm-hmm. you know that's that's the beauty of life and it's like hey if that works for you and then go for it and make yourself happy and if, if that works for you i mean it may not work for me and it may not be something i believe in but hey if it's working for you and it makes you happy then go for it you know go do it um, well, and I think that your your compassion about that comes from, you know, you've suffered in the past yourself. You know, we know your stories about, you know, growing up <coughs> and how, you know, in your situation you can feel so excluded and you can feel abandoned, you can feel discriminated against and that you don't matter, that you don't mm-hmm. matter, you know. And and I think most of your life, you know, you were struggling with that I don't matter and the proving of yourself, but where you are now where you've been for a while is to really show people that everybody matters. And that's what oh, you yeah. demonstrate. That's what you demonstrate. Everybody matters. And that's what the truth is. So, Well, thank you. <laughs> um, I appreciate that. I really do. I, uh, it means a lot. Um, so uh, kick-ass tip number four. Take action. You were talking about that before. One step can open up a whole new perspective and world for you. And, you know, we don't know. It's, it's like if we think about walking down a sidewalk um, on a busy street and then we come to a corner, one step is going to open up a whole new perspective, right? Mm-hmm. But before we get to that corner, sometimes we don't want to get to that corner because we we're afraid of what that whole new perspective might be. But taking one step, opening it up, whole new perspective, that's my tip number four, what you got to say. <laughs> what do I got to say? It's the Marianne and Christopher show. Uh, you know, it's it's so when I just when I read that, it, it reminded me I would not be doing this right this second. I would not be talking to you right this second had I not shown up on a Saturday to a Toastmasters convention. I tell this story quite a bit, you know, about just showing up. I was uh, in Toastmasters. I was a president of my club. And I don't particularly care for the Toastmasters organization. I'll be transparent. I, I think it's a good old boys club. It's, I mean, it, Toastmasters in and of itself to teach you how to speak better is awesome. The, the politics behind it, I don't care for it. And I was at a crossroads that morning, and I was supposed to go to this, this what's called the Learning TLI, uh, Toastmasters Learning Institute. And I was supposed to show up as the president, you know, my club and all this other stuff and do the hobnobbing and all that other crap. And I was like, I woke up and I said, I don't feel like going. I don't want to go support this anymore. I'm over it. And then there was this guy named Craig Duswalt, the rock star system for success, who's going to be one of the speakers. And I, at that point, I was doing a thing called the Heavy Metal Guide to Life. It wasn't the Kick-Ass Guide to Life. It was the Heavy Metal Guide to Life. And I thought, oh, rock star system for success, Axl Rose's formal manager, former manager. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to go check this guy out. And I tell a story. I honestly was not going to go. I was, I was like, eh, screw it. And met Craig and was like, wow, this guy's a pretty cool guy. And I bought his products. And then uh, as the story goes, he says, I'm going to give away two tickets to my boot camp. And I thought, yeah, I never win anything. So I, he says, text your number to this. And um, I texted my number. And I'm like, yeah, I never win. Whatever. I've already got the books and the CDs. And uh, lo and behold, he goes, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call this lucky person. And also my phone's in front of me and it starts ringing. And I'm like, Oh, my wife's probably calling me when we're talking when we get home. And I look and I'm like, I don't know what the number is. And then I put two and two together. I'm like, hello? And he's like, and I'd already talked to him at break. And he's like, you. And I was like, yeah. So, you know, and, and the story goes, you know, got to meet all of you guys and got to have, you know, awesome times and, and learn stuff and, you know, hire a professional web developer and, and make great connections and do this radio show all because I showed up. 
That's right. And that's what I tell. Yeah, that's why I tell right. you guys out there: just show up. You know, just half the battle is getting there. And when you're there, participate fully. Talk to people. Listen to people. You know, be keep an open mind. It doesn't take much. You know, but the one thing it does take is it takes investment. And this is the thing that you know. I'm gonna the last part. I'm gonna say about this is that. You know, sitting there that day, I was like, okay, this guy is obviously successful. He's selling his program for 495 bucks, And my, my, my inside voice was saying, oh, Chris, you need to spend that on your credit card bill. Oh, Chris, you need to do this. Oh, Chris. And then finally, I just said, you know what? If I can't make $496 back from this investment, then I have no business doing what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. it changed when I changed my perspective on how I was looking at it as a cost and expense versus an investment. It changed. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the boot camp and it was like, okay, wow, this guy's got a mastermind. And I won't say how much the mastermind is, but, you know, it's a significant investment. And I looked at my wife and I said, I need to be here. I need to do this. And we did it. And, you know, look where I'm at today. So it's, you know, mm-hmm. take action. Like you said, that one incremental step every single day. I'm going to make another phone call. I'm going to learn something. I'm going to read an article. I'm going to talk to more people. I'm going to try new stuff. All that stuff builds, and you get that self-confidence, and you actually do realize and achieve your dreams. That is so true. Couldn't say it better myself. I had a similar experience, but I, I won't go into the details, but it was just like that. You know, it's like you take a step, and there's a moment in which, and that's how my book got written, and that's how I got into speaking, and that's how I got into, you know, coaching and now doing live events and luxury locations. I mean, it was one step. It really was. Yep. Amazing. Mm. Awesome, awesome advice. Final kick-ass tip, my dear. Final kick-ass tip. Have a whatever-it-takes attitude. Whatever-it-takes attitude. Keep growing in your mindset, your skills, and your resources. And I have found that there is a huge difference between people who will give it just so much time where, you know, they'll put their toe in the water and, you know, and I was like that for a long time, too, I have to say, you know, until one day. And, and something has to take root inside of you. It's like we said before, your why has to be bigger than your why, you know. So whatever it takes attitude, you know, that's, again, about your dreams, honoring your dreams and your passions, your deepest desires, your purpose, honoring yourself, honoring why you're here, and then do whatever it takes to make it happen. And that whatever it takes doesn't necessarily have to mean, you know, um, walking on coals or, you know, poking your eyeballs with uh, shards of glass or anything like that. But, (laughs) you know, you do have to, there's obstacles. You just have to know it. There's obstacles. And you have to have this attitude that says, all right, there is an obstacle. But if there's an obstacle, there's a way. There's a way around this. There's always Mm -hmm. a way. And so that's what I've learned in this journey is that you have to have that attitude, and this truly is. There is always a way. We don't have to let anything stop us. Mm-hmm. It's so. I mean, that's that's why in in the opening of the show, I talk about you know we're here to create an unstoppable attitude for personal and professional success. And people sit there and say, you know, what is unstoppable, Chris? It's like, well, you're going to have down times. Like, I mean, I'm very transparent. I have down days, down weeks, down months where it's like, wow, you know, and I can easily get stuck in that that vicious cycle. But it's like, okay, when you wake up every morning, it's like, what am I going to do? And the key to that, Tony Robbins, it's funny you said walking on coals, and I thought of Tony Robbins. But Tony Robbins does teach the fact that we have to be resourceful. And that's the thing that really pisses me off about people is they just they think they're limited by that, oh, well, you know, unless I have money or unless I have – it's like just get resourceful. There's so many resources out there, and there's so many people out there that are just waiting to give advice. And you think about, you know, this radio show is free. You know, go back and listen to all the other shows. They're not all super great, but you think there's 500 tips. There's 500 tips. I think if you put 
five of them to use, you're gonna you're gonna really uh, see your success take off. But it's just you know, again, it's that people just think they're stuck with what they have, and it's it's incredible. We're in such an amazing time in our lives where information, you know, YouTube. I I went on. I tell this story. I went on YouTube one time when I was when I was getting ready to rent my first house, and we had used the bathtub. I used the bathtub as the cat litter box area. I didn't put cat litter inside the bathtub, but I put the cat litter boxes inside the bathtub, and I put stuff down in the bathtub to make sure sand didn't get in the drain or anything. But it was kind of cool because then the shower curtain hit the the cat litter boxes. Nobody knew that I even had cats. It was great. But when I when I left when I go when I went to go pull the cat litter boxes out of there, the thing that I had covering the drain had moved. So sand had got in there, and I thought I'm going to Google or I'm going to YouTube cat litter in bathtub and i'm just gonna see <laughs> if it shows up and if you i've got as my witness other people had that same idea to put their cat litter boxes in their spare bathroom um was my spare bathroom just so you guys know i wasn't taking a shower in my cat litter boxes i don't want any freaky people out there but it was there that it just proved to me there's so much out there there's so many resources i mean one of the other things i teach people is like go on google and if you type any word and then you type after it dot pdf like if you type leadership.pdf, if you type stop smoking PDF, if you type adoption PDF, you're going to find so much free information out there. It is unreal. I mean, you what a great tip. I it never all. knew that. I love that tip. I love that it tip. <laughs> it's incredible. It's like how to fix a watch.pdf. You're, I mean, it just, it's, it's so much free information out there. There's so many podcasts. There's so many YouTube. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. There's no reason why anybody should not be achieving their dreams. And you don't even have to invest a penny. You just have to invest your time and, and, your, and your, your perseverance. And you just got to keep going at it. Like, like, like your Marianne saying, you know, just take those actions and say, okay, wow, that didn't work, but maybe this might work. And, you know, maybe mm-hmm. that part of that will work and maybe this will work. And let me try this. Let me try that. And maybe I need to take a break here. And, you know, just, you just got to go for it because at the end of the day, life is going to pass you by anyway. Mm-hmm. So why not That's be doing good. it? Why not? Why not? Uh, you know, be doing it and surrounding yourself with people like I have, and uh, and uh, so it's just incredible. So Marianne, uh, for those of, that are on the listening to the bonus section on the podcast, uh, where can they get a hold of you? I know we've got. Uh, I'm going to put the information up on the website about your retreat, and uh, but where can people get a hold of you? Your website, your email address, anything you want, your phone number, your address. I mean, anything you want to share. Sure. Uh, well, Marianne. At MarianneAmon.com is probably the best place. So that's M-A-R-Y-A-N-N at M-A-R-Y-A-N-N-E-H-M-A-N-N.com. Marianne at MarianneAmon.com. And um, I'm on Facebook, Marianne Amon, uh, same person. And <laughs> um, uh, one, I was going to say something else to you, too. Um I'm going to have my own radio show starting May 26th, and I just want to say that um, you do a fantastic job. You are a great host, and I love your questions, and you love your energy, and you have a flow, and I just want to commend you on that, and I hope I can do as good a job as you, honestly. Oh, thank you. I I appreciate that. It's uh, it's a labor of love. You know, it's... uh... 
it I'm sure if I go back and listen to the first couple episodes, <laughs> it's uh oh wow, you know, and I've had people I'm very open about saying, Okay, how can I do the show better and what do you think I can, you know, improve okay. on? But I appreciate that. It's uh you know, it's just it's a labor of love. I love doing it. Every once in a while I think about, well, why am I still doing it and you know, not monetizing it and stuff like that. But uh that's awesome. So your show starts May twenty sixth and it's gonna be on the Rockstar Worldwide Network, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Yep, I look forward to listening to that. Yeah, I'm I'm looking that, forward what? to it. I'm thinking about it for a long time, but, you know, I had to be absolutely sure that it was the right timing because, you know, I just hate doing wasted activity. You know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, what uh, what is the show going to be about? What's going to be your central premise? Uh, it's called The Magnificent Life in Business Radio Show, and... Um, it's like why settle for uh, mediocrity and mundane when you can have magnificence. So I'm going to be having a lot of different people on there that, you know, have a quality. I'm, I would love to have you as my, as my guest too, but can show something about what what's magnificent about their life, opening up people's eyes to a whole world of magnificence. And it's about lifestyle. You know, I want things in there about travel and food and wine and art and business, of course, I love business, um, relationships, you know, all different aspects. It's not going to just be one thing, but like you, it's going to cover a whole range of things. And um, and not just success, but, you know, going beyond success to magnificence and, and relating it to just the whole flavor of life. That's basically what it's going to be about. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, and I'm sure you'll do promos on Facebook so I can see it and everything. But that, that's awesome. I'm so proud of you. And if there's anything I can do on the side, you know, uh, feel free to, to reach out to me. And, and uh, you know, I'll be glad to help you with whatever I've done and however I prepare and, and stuff like that. But I think you're going to be a natural. I think you have the personality for it, the charisma for it, the genuineness of wanting to help people. So I think that'll come through. And, and you're very articulate. And I think that uh, I think it's going to be a successful show for you. Well, thanks, Chris. I appreciate that. Yep. You I are think most ready. welcome. You're yeah. ready. You're more than so ready. I, I wanted to ask for you, too. When you were talking about all those resources, um, you know, YouTube and PDFs, and do you prefer to get information online in written form, audio, or visually with a video? Yes. <laughs> you, you, it, it's it's okay. interesting. I it depends on what's going on. For the most part, I do like videos. I'm a very uh, visual person. Uh, in some situations, if it's printed, if it's on, if it's like an article, like uh, sitting in front of me, there's probably like five or six articles I printed off. For some reason, I like to read them in my hand versus on the computer screen. But yet, I have a Kindle that I love to read books on. So it's kind of mm-hmm. odd. It just, I think it just goes with whatever my mood is at that point. If that makes okay. sense. Okay. And what's What's the latest book you're reading? The latest, yeah, the books I'm reading. I'm ADD on crack. Uh, let's see. In front of me, I've got uh, Jeff Walker's book, Launch, which is pretty um, incredible, talking about product launches and how to do those, how to even launch mm-hmm. a product when you don't even have a product. This is pretty cool. Uh, I am reading uh, a book by our friend Sandra Champlain called We Don't Die, which is an amazing book. Mm-hmm. Um, what else am I reading? Oh, geez. Uh, I'm trying not to read too many things at once because I get a habit of not finishing anything. So I would say those are those are the two books. Something cool. else is actually in my brain, too. Uh, what else was I reading? I don't think. I'm trying not to. Oh, I just 
I just downloaded just yeah, I'm dangerous. I just downloaded Tim Ferriss's uh four hour body. I've already read his four hour work week. Uh so I just downloaded uh four hour body. I probably have sitting in front of me, I'm looking at my bookshelf, I have uh probably about ten books from people that you and I both know that I bought everybody's books. And uh-huh, uh uh-huh. they're cool. they're a guest. Cool. I, I read I skimmed through them and then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna sit down and read that one and so uh, I know you're guilty of that as well. So uh, yeah, I've got <laughs> I've got a, a bunch of books. I got just got to set time, and it's so funny because you, know, you talk about you know feelings and stuff like that. I feel guilty, and I think I've shared this with you. I I determine that I feel guilty when I relax, or I feel guilty when I when I take time out for myself. So it's like on a Sunday afternoon, it's like I'm going to read a book. Sounds sounds like well, that's not productive. But so I'm learning better to be able to say, hey, you know, that's a good opportunity to either relax your your mind or or learn new stuff. Um, so yeah, what books are you reading? Well, it's funny you should mention that because yeah, I was at Paul Mata's event, so Create Indestructible Wealth. So I uh, started to read that. Um, I was reading on the plane coming out here, Mad um, uh, Malcolm Gladwell's uh, book, uh, David and Goliath. And, yeah. um, you know, just about underdogs and so forth. And that's a really, really good book. I want to read his next book called Blink. Um, I mean, not, that's not his next book. That would be the next one for me. And, um, yeah, I have a lot of different books going at the same time as well. Um, Marianne Williamson's book on um, divine compensa- the law of divine compensation uh, was a, a book that was really helpful to me with um, – and I, I'm rereading it, but the whole money mindset and um, just the um, laws of prosperity and and um, how that all comes to you. So um, those are just a few right there. Mm-hmm. But uh, always growing, always kind of looking for new challenges to your mind. Oh, and I really love this book called, um, uh, oh, gosh, Who Switched Off My Brain? And it's oh. by a brain scientist. Yeah, brain scientist Carolyn Leaf, and really gets very deeply into the whole neuroscience of uh, the only two kinds of thought patterns, love-based and fear-based. And everything yeah. falls into love-based or fear-based and how that actually looks in your brain. And I just find that fascinating. I read that book about five or six years ago, and I take it out like once a year. I renew it because it's very helpful in, in the work I do. So. Um, I just took that one out again. Who switched off my brain? And now she got another one called Who switched on my brain? But uh, I haven't read that one yet. I'm still on the off part. Who switched off my <laughs> so, brain? I like that. Uh, yeah. I actually just heard somebody recently talking either about that book or that premise about we can only we can only have one thought at a time, and, and it's um, it's kind of like going back to you know which which wolf are you feeding the good wolf or the bad wolf? I think it's something mm-hmm. there's an analogy in there somewhere. So who switched mm-hmm. off my brain? Okay. Yeah. 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 Like I, I need to. Like I need. I need to. I actually keep a, a list on Evernote. Evernote's my best friend, so I keep a list mm-hmm. on there book recommendations that people give me, and there's probably another hundred books in there. That <laughs> it's like, okay, Chris, oh, you better sure. get to reading. Of course, of course, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking mm-hmm. at this well, it's really been great really book. Really wonderful called... being on your show. Appreciate Thank that. You. Thank you. No, you've been awesome. You've been awesome. And not too often I go into bonus material, bonus section time. So I kind of figured we might have a lot to talk about. So thank you so much for being on the show. And again, for you guys listening, we'll make sure all the uh, Marianne's information is on the uh, Kick-Ass Radio Show website. So you can go take advantage of that and check her out. So uh, Marianne, thank you so much, sweetheart. I love you. I really, really do. You're an amazing person. And for those of you guys out there still listening, thank you so much for listening to the Kick-Ass Radio Show. If you guys got an idea for a guest, 
email us, info at thekickassradioshow.com. Uh, we'd love to talk to you and have you guys on the show and uh, and really just take to heart all the stuff that Marianne and I talked about tonight because it's from our heart, it's from our experiences, and it's because we care and we love you guys out there. Even though we don't know you, we care and love about you. So go out there and take action and, and create your magnificent life. Until next week, I love you. Have a kick-ass week. Thank you very much. Thank you, Marianne. Have an awesome evening, and I will talk to you soon. Oh, thank you, Chris. Bye-bye. Bye.